You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, I'm very excited about today's CarCast episode. We have, uh, uh, I'm a fan, we've been a friend for a long time. Steve Celine is in the studio with us, so stick around for that. Uh, first, a little uh, word from our friends at Oracle, NetSuite. America's ready to get back to work, but to win in the new economy, you need every advantage to succeed. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle. It's the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, you'll have visibility and control of your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. It's all in one place. It's super easy to do. So whether you're doing millions of dollars or hundreds of millions in sales, either way, NetSuite lets you manage every penny and gives you the the agility to compete with anyone and work from anywhere, even on your phone. So join the 20,000 plus companies who trust NetSuite. And uh, NetSuite surveyed hundreds of businesses, business leaders and assembled a playbook of top strategies that they're using as, as America reopens for business. So it's called Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. You can receive this free guide and, and a product tour. Just go to netsuite.com slash carcast. So get your free guide and schedule a free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash carcast. Again, that's netsuite.com slash carcast. Hey, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, with Bill Goldberg. And uh, how you doing, Bill? I feel inadequate. I'm the only one without a headset on. Oh, man. Did you, hear, you, did you catch Chris with the wrong intro music today? Is that yeah, the wrong one? <laughs> Is that the right one? That's the right one. Yeah, I'd see, I, I, don't, I remember the song, but I, I heard the burnout, and I was like, are you using the song with the burnout? It's a sound. That's yeah. A, that's a burnout. All right. We're going to have to get some more. Uh, we're going to have to get Goldberg's car up there now. Yeah. Soon. Soon. Could use an update. Uh, before we get Selena. started, just a quick little update. We have Steve Celine in the studio today. How are you doing, Steve? Great. Um, Bill, just a quick update, because we were talking a second ago about the cars uh, gearhead and uh, on on the charger with the parachute and the roll cage and the fourteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, I just talked to, uh, to I just talked to Mario. Was on his way to the modern street Hemi shootout or something up in I think it's Tennessee. But um, yeah, the uh, the twin turbo is done. In about a week and a half, Dave uh, Speed Core guys will be picking it up, be heading up there, and uh, God knows how long it'll be. But the biggest news I have of the week is that tomorrow. Knock on wood. Permits for the garage. For so. the big garage, yeah. Excellent. All right. So so Gearheads has finished up the mechanics on the twin turbo challenger or charger rather. Charger. Uh this thing, uh, Steve, he's building a late model charger with a parachute and a roll cage. It did what, fourteen hundred something horsepower? Yeah, fourteen four? yeah, yeah. Over fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred horsepower. And now it's going up to the guys at Speed Core. To uh, to get their aesthetic treatment and lots of carbon fiber and all the nice bits and pieces on it, and uh, it is one of many I'm addicted, projects. Steve, just like just like the two of you, gentlemen. So all I can all I can say is it's no different than you did back in the day, and probably still do now. But uh, I'm just trying to have some fun. That's quite a bit. Oh well, we're going to get into some of the cool stuff that Steve has done and what he's currently doing. Because he rolled up in one of the Celine Teslas, which uh, he oh, got man. into a few years ago, and he brought his personal Tesla. Uh, but we'll talk about it because it's it's sharp looking. Um, 
Before we get started, uh, a word from our friends at Dodge. It's time for Dodge Power Dollars. That means for each horsepower, you get $10 off your purchase of a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. So come on in for Dodge Power Dollars today for a pretty sweet deal. All right, Steve, thanks so much for coming in. You know that uh, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Fox Body, Body Mustang guy, which... Um, I'm I'm just saying that really like for the first time I'm admitting that out loud nobody yeah, no, nobody, nobody knows, knows. <laughs> nobody knows yeah, that. Nobody oh, you knows. came out of the garage <laughs> yeah, just yeah, now I just say I'm really. I'm a Fox body guy <laughs> great just, just great. now just now <laughs> I'm I'm putting that out there um, so a uh, bit of big fan of what you've uh, been doing for a long time from the Fox body cars um, all the way up to today uh, I had a 2005 Mustang with a lot of your stuff on it. Um, well, I've had a lot of your stuff on many of my cars over the years. But you have an addiction, you know. Uh, Celine fans know uh, quite a bit about the history of your racing background, all the various uh, manufacturer championships that you had over the years, mostly because every Celine that runs around now has the wreath sticker. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, You're right? Paying attention. It's, it's That's got good. the sticker with all, with all the wreaths on it. It's yes. champion, 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 champion. Uh, so uh, we're not going to get into too much of that, except uh, I know that Goldberg is a little bit fascinated by your Pontiac Trans Am racing experience from early 80s? What, 82? 82, yes. Okay. We ran... Um, yeah, prior to that, I was I, I always grew up in Southern California, and I wanted to be a race car driver, and I pursued that and um, uh, graduated into Formula Atlantic, ran in the era of um, Bobby Rahal and mm-hmm. Danny Sullivan, Jills Villeneuve, and K.K. Rosberg. And um, so from there, you either went directly into IndyCar or you went into uh, Formula One, and Initially, neither door opened for me, but I was offered a drive with Pontiac Motor Company riding a Pontiac uh, Trans Am here with the Meekum team at the time. Wow. And that's what introduced me to Detroit. And the rest, then I got enamored with Detroit. And we were, the team won the championship in 1982. And uh, I got to know the guys from Ford Motor Company because we beat them. And they were trying to do a special edition Mustang. Yeah. And uh, I said, which one are you going to do? And they go, oh, it's going to be a four-cylinder turbo. Yeah. So nothing really has changed in all these years. <laughs> and I said, oh, I think the American public would prefer to have a V8. Absolutely. And, they, and so then they said, well, Steve, we're doing – we're committed to a four-cylinder turbo. But if you had interest based on the work you were doing with Pontiac, we might support you on doing a V8 version. So at the end of the racing season in 1983, I left my position in Pontiac and started my own company, Celine, and started with the Ford Mustang. So this the so, Celine that we've known so long over the years was basically created awesome. with your foot in the door with Pontiac. And there's always yeah. a bit of that, right? Because we did so the, awesome. the Shelby documentary uh, and talking about you know Shelby starting you know doing stuff racing for Aston Martin and and getting in with all the various car companies over the years and GM and all this stuff. So there's a I didn't know about the Pontiac background, or I just didn't recall it. Interesting that the uh, four-cylinder Mustang, because 
I don't know, because with emissions like really kicking in, especially in the early 80s, we had the SVO Mustang, which is kind of a cool collectible Mustang, not that big on power. But then the Mustang GT was maybe 175 horsepower. It was probably about the same as what the SVO was anyway. So both of them uh, kind of kind of very low on power. So achieving that uh, and and... Achieving it emissions legal was a big pain in the ass. Yeah, back well, then. with the the V eight though had more torque, so yeah. initially you were going faster. So mm-hmm. that that from an American point of view, that was always a better better deal. So tell me about the uh, uh, well, we'll we'll touch on some of the historic stuff as well because I do have uh, I have some questions and I have some self serving questions about. Uh, of course, you know the car I'm going to be talking <laughs> about, but tell us about the Tesla you have outside. This is the the Celine. Yes. Well, we back Tesla in uh, 2014, I have to yeah. think. It's about six years ago when uh, Tesla really came out with the S model. We thought and had been looking at the future of automobile, and we recognized that electric actually was not a passing fad. <laughs> and uh, we thought, well, we would start getting our, our feet wet, so to speak, and uh, started – you know, looking at the Tesla and what we could do. And we've ended up uh, having a pretty cool model of the Celine version of the Tesla and where we do the complete suspension. We change all of the aerodynamics. We go in and do the CFD, uh, computer fluid dynamics, and uh, to give it less drag and uh, more downforce at the same time. We match it with, again, the changes on the suspension and the uh, uh, tire uh, patch that that we put together with. And then uh, this particular one has the carbon fiber brakes. Uh, And then we've changed the whole interior, uh, really, and adding console. And I can't believe I actually say this, is we actually add cup holders. So <laughs> usually I'm taking those out, but, yeah. but in this case, we're adding we're cup adding holders as well. Yeah. Very American of you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> do you do, is there a way to do performance enhancements yes. to, yeah, to, so, to the car? So Other than we, obviously we, we recognize that. Now, in electric vehicles still, you have the, your range anxiety on how, mm-hmm. how far you can go on a, on a uh, charge. Charge, yeah. And, um, what uh, what we did is that we concentrated on the aerodynamics and cl- increasing the cooling of the vehicle, and in doing that, it allows the batteries to run at higher cap- or uh, discharge longer. So your lap times around a racetrack, so to speak, will at least stay up at another lap or two higher yeah. before you start having a, a fall off in, in power, and then. Um, we change the uh, final drive ratio. We do different gear ratio by lowering it. And so your acceleration in a Celine version is anywhere from one to two tenths to three tenths quicker than a standard Tesla. Right, because changing that gear is just a, a, another torque multiplier at this point. On a vehicle that probably doesn't need more torque, you you did it anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, but it, but, but it, it does show up on the stopwatch, and it's uh, – uh, and it's a lot of fun. And then one of the options we have is the person, if they want to have sound with their quiet electric vehicle, mm-hmm. we can give it sound because the way we'll cut the final gear ratio, we'll actually cut the gears differently. So it will give a whine to it as you accelerate and All decelerate. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
very much like the Formula E's watching the Formula E mm-hmm. race cars. Yeah, is uh, uh, you'll end up with that similar type of sound if that's what you would like. That's an interesting way of doing it, just going to more of like a straight cut gear, just giving it like a, you know, like a gear, uh, like, you know, like a like a timing set, like a like a Pete Jackson gear drive or even yeah. running the even running like the Whipples like on, on Bill's cars, you know. Uh, you know, give it more of a of a gear sound to it, you know. That's uh that's good. That's kind of interesting. So, are you guys still working on Teslas? Was is, yes, is you the- can you can order the Tesla now. That you get it one or two ways. If you if you order a new Tesla, you can have it sent to the to the facility that's closest to our shops out in Southern California in, in uh, Corona. Okay, we're we're actually in in. Uh, Corona, California, which is in the epicenter <laughs> of the coronavirus. Right, I, apparently. I just, wanted, just wanted to point that out. So, and then, or you can just have us, and we'll order everything for you, and then deliver it to you, and deliver it to you. So, the, for the Tesla, it's a post-title package. It, what is in, in essence? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, can you ask them if you can contribute aesthetically. <laughs> well, I don't know that we need to ask on this. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so the, uh, that was. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I see where your head's at. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so uh, I also want to ask about, uh, of course, the 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 Mustangs, the Celine Mustangs. The current lineup. Well, the current lineup in in Celine right now is we have, uh, of course, the Tesla. We have the Mustangs with the S three hundred twos. We have the sport truck, which is the street version and the sport truck xr which is the four by four the off-road versions correct and each of those the mustang and the two trucks come in three flavors right yes. white label yellow label black label yes right see i'm nailing this without the notes that that's that's amazing actually <laughs> so about the very S7. good and uh uh we'll get into s7 in a second uh okay so we have Three flavors of Mustangs and uh, and the trucks. And what are we doing with, with the Mustangs right now? We have white label, yellow label, and black label, sort of a small, medium, and large, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Good, better, best type yes. of, of – and all of – again, if you've known Celine, we we attack or or look at all levels of performance from aerodynamic, suspension – interior and drivetrain and all white label yellow label or black label all get all of those treatments to a different ex- extreme depending on price point and the white label is almost 500 horsepower now normally aspirated with a different suspension and the aerodynamics that we've developed for this and that retails again the cost advantage here that retails in the mid um uh, Forty-five thousand as a complete vehicle that you would buy directly from your local Ford dealer uh, throughout the nation, and then yellow label, we add a supercharger to it, and uh, that boosts the horsepower up to um, seven hundred and forty horsepower, and uh, that retails in the uh, mid to high fifty thousand. So from a value standpoint, if you're looking at 740 horsepower, you really can't touch where we are price point mm-hmm. and with everything else. And then our top-of-the-line black label, we change basically everything on the vehicle. Um, and it uh, we add a little more horsepower, so it's 800 horsepower. 
and that uh, retails for about $85,000. Again, uh, unbelievable value. So we've always, since the beginning of time, we've always had a good value creation on all of our vehicles. And uh, the Mustang today, I think, is one of the best purchases anybody can actually make, especially if you look at the potential resale value as well. Yeah. Right on. Uh, who are some of the partners that you're working with on these cars? Specifically, I, I, I got a glimpse of the uh, the Mustang, the S302 Black Label the other day, and you guys are doing your thing with, with Edelbrock Supercharger and stuff on it. And by the way, they, they've been doing really well and been partnering with a lot of people. Like we had on the GM side our, our, of the fence, our good friend Ken Lingenfelter has been in. And he's using a lot of uh, Lingenfelter supercharging, doing, of course, his own tune and stuff like you guys yeah. are. Uh, so, um, you know, but there's a lot out there in that world. I mean, I don't – I know for a while you guys were making your own supercharger pretty much from the ground up. But uh, honestly, I don't even know if that's necessary. <laughs> you know, there are so many companies out there and with, you know, the Pro Chargers and Vortex and Kenny Bells and Whipples and Edelbrocks and there's just there's – just, people out there that are able to probably do this at a more cost-efficient way because, uh, you know, they move quite a few more superchargers than you would be able to within just the brand, right? Well, it it, it really depends. Uh, yes, what, what you're saying is correct. The um, But I would also say it, it sort of depends on where we are in the – in the cycle of development and and what have you on that, to where um, we will take and and incorporate a lot of the technology in very unique ways that make it a more drivable, um, a fun to drive type of vehicle and a very good value. And so we we will do our own thing in a lot of ways as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you guys making 800 horsepower on a stock block? <laughs> well, very, very all carefully. Of these self-serving, all of these self-serving questions, mind you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I assume that's a 93 tune, not our bullshit California 91 tune, right? It's, uh, yes. Uh, uh, the 92, 93 works really well on, on doing that. Though I, I do have to say is that um, – Ford Motor Company builds uh, unbelievable product today in the base Mustang, and it is uh, it is not only a good platform on uh, chassis and suspension, but it's also in drivetrain is unbelievable uh, and is very robust. So it allows a lot of of um, uh, growth, I guess, is the best way to mm-hmm. to put it that you can add. Uh, and still have a full certified vehicle that has complete bumper-to-bumper warranty and all the things that we offer. And uh, so it it really ends up being a very good vehicle uh, for the person that's looking to have the ultimate sports car at any any given point in time in any uh, price range. What's the dealer network look like for you guys now? Are you at dealers – you know, things have changed and COVID and all the, you know, all this stuff over the year. So, you know, people are selling cars on the internet now. And like in the online auction world in the past few months, 
the Goodings and the RMs have moved to auction, and you'd think, oh, yeah, it's okay. You can sell an NSX for ninety grand. They're selling $4 million cars, sight unseen. And people are just going, hey, I'm, I'm in. Uh, just the other day, somebody, two, I just assumed two well-lubricated young men were uh, – were, uh, we're drinking and, and and bid on a Lamborghini Miura SV, which is I don't know two million dollars. Wow. They, they they drove it up to over four million dollars. What, what what color was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but bright uh, green or orange or yeah, that? I don't know, but uh, four million dollars in this market. By the way, online they did this. They were just at home, so people were bidding. You know, like we talk about this all the time. You have a few cocktails. You're sitting in your lounge chair, and uh, and you're clicking away, going, "That looks good. That looks good." And then, well, how is that any different than being there in person? Because if you're in there in person, there's no way you're only having a few cocktails. I, I, I you're you're right, but but you get to go and see the car first. True, but <laughs> obviously that's not an issue with these people. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, listen, I mean, I, we've all been on Bring a Trailer a bunch of times and, and, and been down this road for sure. Uh, but uh, what's what's the Celine uh, sales model right now? Well, it's um, it, it's a hybrid, and I think um, obviously the whole world is going through a reevaluation of what is important, how we're uh, selling vehicles and um and I think you we'll see a continuation of of what you're saying is zoom and and online uh aspect of it, but we still find that you still need to go test drive a vehicle you cannot yeah. you cannot beat the experience of actually touching sitting in the vehicle if you're going to spend time in it, you need to do that before you purchase it and uh so having a dealer base, I think, is still not not will not go out of uh, vogue here mm-hmm. in any kind of future. And we've been expanding the Celine dealer base throughout the United States. So we have quite a, a sales staff now that is uh, adding more and more Celine Ford dealers uh, in areas of where um, where we've been expanding. And then we're also coming out with what we call our premier dealers. Which will carry not only our the Celine three hundred twos with the Mustangs and the F one hundred and fifties, but also our new line of supercars that we will be offering here in the not too distant future as well. Before we get into those cars, let's talk about the Celine trucks, um, and then uh, uh, just a quick note to Chris: it's pretty hot in here <laughs> let's see if we can get some air turned on <laughs> is it 121 in Burbank again oh my god we had this crazy heat wave i think uh, like woodland hills not too far from here had the had the highest they've ever had it was like 121 degrees it was hotter in la this weekend than it was in vegas in arizona and i was like well what did i i don't know what you guys are doing out there in texas buddy <laughs> yeah Oh, there there's this, it's, I mean, now we can't even see you. The sunlight is coming in through your crazy window. Thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, all I can tell you yeah. is we got about six six inches of rain yesterday. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a far departure. The humidity um, must you, be you lovely. Guys, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really not bad. Um, realistically, we're going to, we're going to stay under 85 degrees the next week. So that's, that's unusual, but you guys are going through. What it's, is it? How many days in a row? I don't know. It's been it's it's 
it peaked over the weekend, of course, Labor Day weekend, and it's going to ride for another week or so. But, you know, I, I'm i bitching about the heat because keep in mind, there's a lot of, you know, L.A. is pretty old. There's a lot, of, especially on the west side, all through Santa Monica and, and areas of, where people don't have air. You know, there's no AC in, the, in, you know, all the apartments and things like that. There's a lot of them don't have air. So, well, you know, you're you're sweating basically day day and night. It's not very. Is it a rolling blackout? They are doing, doing rolling blackouts in some areas, um, but you know. Also, keep in mind, like if if it's ninety degrees in your apartment, even your dogs are getting irritated at this point, right? Like your pets are like, "Hey, I'm wearing this fur coat all day." Anyway, I, that's just me bitching about the weather. So, <laughs> so we got the air on in here while while we can. All right. So the Celine the Celine trucks. Uh, you've dabbled in trucks for a long time from the Ford Ranger uh, when their SCCA did the racing series. You guys went out, I think, the first year that trucks were allowed to race and won the championship for that year. Yes, we, we've, uh, I was very fortunate. We were the Ford factory uh, race truck team, and we have more wins than any other team. And I personally um, have the most wins out of anyone that's competed in that series. Over a period of time, it was from, I think, ran from... 87 to 92, and uh-huh. uh, that, I will say, was the most fun I ever had racing on this. You were, um, uh, Bill, you could identify a little bit with this in the respect. Racing pickup trucks is very much like tag team wrestling. <laughs> you, you had to have at least two trucks with your yeah. bumpers that would match, and then you would ram each other and push each other to the front. And I will tell you, you were really... Banging and and you had to have a couple people leaning on each other on this deal to even think about winning a race. I know it's not apples to apples, but I was able to uh, two years in a row drive Mike Skinner's truck up at Goodwood and on the hill the, climb, on the hill climb, and the stance and where you sit in relation to the road in that vehicle. And I don't know how it, like I said, it's probably not apples to apples compared, you know, the uh, 40 years in between 50 years in between uh, or 30 years in between, but unbelievable stance and uh, uh, positioning in that. Did you have the same advantage when you were driving? I mean, it's a totally different vehicle. It's so cool. It is. um, Well, they still had to maintain a little bit more into a traditional truck, uh, uh, positioning and suspension but we got the trucks to handle unbelievably well in the power delivery and um we we race i had you know george fulmer the yeah uh, sure was one of my teammates and we pushed wow. him and we had a race at uh, the big oval at pocono one year and uh everyone came out shaking that we uh, <laughs> we we introduced um um uh al unzer senior sure. to uh, truck racing. He said he would never do that again after, <laughs> after uh, that, that race. And uh, it was, uh, it was, we had 14 trucks in a row going around flat out. And I remember I was in the middle of the pack and I took my foot <laughs> off the accelerator and it made no difference. <laughs> it absolutely made no difference. Because everyone was just bumper to bumper. It the whole line was bumper. just moving. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Way to save some fuel. Yeah. So <laughs> it was uh, it, it, it was a, a pretty wild series to run. The, Completely different animal, I can only imagine. Now, Bill, keep in mind, this was a Ford Ranger at the day. So when oh, you did I the know, hill climb I know, I know it's not in the Craftsman Series truck, 
in the Ranger, you'd still be sitting in it. If, uh, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. your arm would be out the door and your leg would be out the front windshield. I mean, fitting I into room. a Ranger uh, would be would be crazy. And it's it's funny because they were so just so kind of boxy and stuff. And you're trying to do like some arrow, you're trying to do the front air dam and stuff for it. And you realize the truck is kind of cool looking in race trim. Um, and it wasn't really that great of a truck at at the time. They're like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a tool. It's functional. It's supposed to be, you know, you know, it, it's a truck. We get it, right? But, we, we but turning a, it into a, a, a we racing We had a vehicle. lot of high tech, though, the suspension and all of that we had developed with Ford to, to do that. We actually developed a com, composite um, bed and we put on, uh, instead of being steel, Oh yeah, this, it was a lightweight composite. Oh, and here and, we are now, and GM's doing the carbon fiber beds, yeah, and yeah, so, Steve was doing it yeah, thirty so, years ago. Yeah, so there's really nothing new <laughs> on, on doing that. So, that did you was, so was tell us cool. tell us some dirt on my buddy Danny Sullivan? Well, <laughs> <laughs> a funny quirk, a funny story. You, you got to have something on him. He's a character. He he. Well, <clears throat> I, I will say again. Kind of moving in the supercar, Danny had the pleasure of driving our S7 out of Willow Springs, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, he was uh, more than surprised on uh, how fast a streetcar really mm-hmm. would go in any trim, uh, whether it's on the street or the racetrack at the time mm-hmm. that we did that. The the trucks that you guys develop now, we have the Sport Truck Series, we have the XR Series, certainly uh, it thinks the world's getting sort of the truck world is getting very competitive with the Raptor coming out. It's getting a lot of people sort of excited about the you know the the factory built off road you know high speed off road vehicles. And now Dodge has their Ram has their TRX that came out. But you know all of your competitors are doing trucks and stuff as well. What are you guys doing with your your, your sport truck and your XR? Your sport well, the XR? the sport truck, we it gets more of the uh road racing type of uh, mm-hmm. suspension for better ho- um handling, uh the braking, uh the aerodynamics again that we've developed with the truck so you get better fuel m- mileage as well. And then um um so it it really handles a lot a lot better and and uh we feel it's a very attractive um uh looking vehicle as well and then of course we add a supercharger uh to it which boosts the horsepower up to 700 horsepower out of a a V8 and yeah. we're finding that um in years ago, you know, Ford had the Lightning. Yeah, and sure. uh, I was just so, gonna step in there. What? I've yeah, never even heard of this that, Lightning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What I is this Lightning? Spill it. Spill it. Spill it. Tell it. The, you have, is there anything applicable to an old to a Ford Lightning? Because we, uh, we have it. We we nicknamed it the Thunder because you know Thunder always comes after Lightning. Yes. So it's just appropriate. We would have a a two door. Um, like standard, in, yeah, standard cab, standard, standard cab yeah. 700 horsepower with the latest in suspension that you can go have fun with. Oh, we need a drag race. We need a, we need to <laughs> we get out go. there. We need to, we need to have a little 1995 versus 2020, uh, uh, <laughs> lightning versus thunder uh, race, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think that's appropriate. So we yes, see. And we're we'll, going to have to do that we'll, for sure. <laughs> we'll race for pink slips here. So <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. You, you heard it here. You, you, 
you've heard it here on the show. So all right, yeah, it's uh, a date. All right, and it's taped. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're down for that. All right, so seven hundred horsepower, obviously out of the out of out of the five liter version. But you do offer if somebody wanted the suspension and appearance package, but with the EcoBoost engine, we you guys we, we can do that. But most of what we sell is really is the V eight with the supercharger on it. With the supercharger, yeah, on it. yeah. And I, I find we find that that's where where more more people are more interested in that aspect of it. Which and, is which is also an interesting question in that you offer the 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 three sizes, if you will, sort of the you know the good, better, and best, as you said, the white label, yellow label, black label. You do it for the Mustangs. You do it for the uh, for the trucks as well. What's the best selling? Is everybody just go all in? Everybody's just buying black label, or h- how many do you? No, the- it, it it varies again because really it's something for everyone that has a budget. Is is if you're looking for a standard truck vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know you're in the forty thousand dollars range as mm-hmm. for almost all equip. Well, that's where our white label fits right in there with more horsepower. And then if you're looking for a little bit more, that's where the yellow fits in. If you're in the fifty thousand, and if you want really the ultimate one here, then you go have fun with the uh, the black label. I I that. like the idea of the white label because I always thought the Celine design was so good. So you can get in with basically the suspension and the design on the white label and then do whatever you want on the power, right? So if you wanted to do turbo or different type of superchargers or kind of just naturally aspirated, that gives you that base to do it with. And then if you, you know, you want the turnkey version, certainly the others are are a good way to do it. In terms of sales, how are the trucks selling versus the Mustangs? And I've been asking everybody out there, this question, and they all have the same answer, but I'm curious what yours is. Our, ours currently is about 50-50. It really has uh, – the trucks over the last several years have really come on very strong. Uh, there's a reason why I think Ford has kind of dropped their car line and mm-hmm. and emphasized trucks and SUVs to a certain extent. And the American public is certainly gravitating to the bigger vehicles these days. You know, the the guys that I've been asking, they were saying that the trucks have been doing so well. They're they're almost at two to one. But of course these are different companies and they had different you know different histories. Uh, you have such a big Mustang history. Um I do wanna uh uh also ask you about some upcoming vehicles and then we'll get into some supercars as well. Before- one, one thing I would mention yeah. that we have the off road version yes, of our the truck XR. too. The XR and that is basically um, we raise it up, we widen the track seven inches front and rear. Unlike adding just a um, bumper guard or a fender flare to it, mm-hmm. we change the whole front and rear fenders and the back bed as well. So it's all integrated where you can't even tell other than it's seven inches wider with a lot more travel. We have... I think it's um, 13 inches of travel in the front and 14 in, in the back. And what's kind of nice is that it's a V8 with 700 horsepower. I was just going to say that. Yeah, if you missed the first Very Raptor nice. with the yeah. supercharger that you could get for it, now it's just all EcoBoost, which as much as I like the Raptor now, I it doesn't sound that good. And having the V8 back yeah, in it. Yeah. So if you want, your, you want a V8 version of, of a Raptor that arguably looks even better – 
I'm but, sure that's right around the corner anyway. Yeah, well, we'll see what they're doing. Uh, right now, uh, uh, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You guys won't find a, a deal like this again. There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. If you save, if you want to save an extra 15%, you want to go in and do it by October 7th. This is coming up quick. So uh, switch by October 7th. Go to geico.com to learn more. Can I get hail uh, insurance through Geico? You can. If you save 15%, just do it. Nice. Do I have to say <laughs> podcast one or? <laughs> nope. You could just uh, you could just go over there and do it. Tell that's, them tell them you're going to get the Goldberg discount. That's because you live in Texas. You yeah. need that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need all of that. Definitely need it now. I almost needed it yesterday. So anyway. Uh, okay. So uh, Celine S seven, um, uh, just an incredible car. Uh, what you guys were able to do with it. Um, I I'm not sure what you were exactly thinking when you were doing the vent count on that thing. You're like, how many vents <laughs> could you possibly uh, need on that car? But you nailed it with the design. Um, I I I think Goldberg's with me on this one. It's we we like the supercars that are out there that don't get too crazy with like the wing and stuff in the back when you go to like gt3 rs badass car and it looks racy and it looks badass sitting out front of you know so-and-so's restaurant on rodeo but i don't know it's just like do we do we need the giant wing and then we had um the new Corvette uh, ZR1 over here, our friend Alistair from Edmonds brought it over when it came out. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, the wing is fixed and the trunk still opens, but you kind of have to like go under the wing or over the wing. And I get it. It's cool. And then when Porsche did their their GT3 Touring, that was a cool option to go, hey, you want to do the wingless version of that car and get all the GT3? I was like, well, that's a cool idea. S7 to me was always... Such an exercise in aerodynamics, not just in power and and suspension and handling, and also a dominant race car, by the way. Uh, and I and I love that you're doing that. You've always done that very consistently through the years. I feel like some of the these the the car companies maybe had a bit of a racing heritage and or didn't, but either fell off over the years. Honestly, I. Aston Martin, yes. Ferrari, yes. Porsche, yes. Lamborghini, not so much. Not a lot of racing history there. We love the cars that are cool. They make big power, lots of crazy noises. Um, fantastic to drive. And they did their spec series or whatever it was called for a while, but not a, a lot of racing history. You guys have always done it. Anybody who's out there racing Ford Rangers and winning championships, in my book, gets an A+. Uh, Absolutely. So- so Celine S7, um, before Celine F7 became a movie star <laughs> in, uh, in various movies, uh, how did that project come to be? How does – do you approach people on this and put together a team and investors or whatever it takes? Or do you have a client coming and going, hey, Steve, we've been working together for years. Why don't you build me something nuts? No, it, um, it actually was an evolution that we went through. Um, it uh, we had taken the Mustang um, uh, back in the mid to late nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, I formed a, a race team with a comedian Tim Allen, mm-hmm. and um, 
we took um, – we did a world tour. Well, maybe it was U.S. and Europe tour <laughs> rather than the world. But the um, – we took the Mustangs over to Europe. We competed in the 24 Hours of Le Mans, but we also competed in Silverstone and Spa and all of the European racetracks with it. <clears throat> and we had developed the Mustang to as far as it could go. And the only thing that was remaining from the Mustang at the time was the rear taillights. We had chopped and channeled it. We had put independent rear suspension on it. Mm-hmm. And it still was not going to be a car that could compete with the European cars. And right. so the only thing left to do is the the uh, planets lined up to where I was able to get the capital and the opportunity presented itself to design our own vehicle. And we wanted to design a vehicle that would actually outperform every, every vehicle in the world. And that's where we started with a clean sheet of paper and came up with the S7. And uh, we knew that American small block V8 power uh, is a very compact. This is what a lot of the, especially the European teams did not recognize, is the amount of power that we could get on the American ingenuity on the small block Mm -hmm. um, um, V8 push rod. And um, so we packaged it around that. But aerodynamics was important. As you're talking about joking around the uh, 90 plus vents that were on <laughs> the vehicle is aerodynamics we felt was going to be the the most important thing yeah. to go and so we spent a lot of time in the wind tunnel uh coast down testing and correlating this uh and again this is all at the end of 1999 beginning of 2000 this actually marks this year is our 20th anniversary of the S7 and uh we were doing primarily a street vehicle, but we knew it was going to be in competition, so we made sure that we would be competitive on that. And I have to say the first year that we ran the vehicle in competition, which was 2001, we had four teams run, um, two in the U.S. and two in Europe, and all four won their respective championships in uh, in in doing that. And then the car has gone on to the car has won at every major racetrack in the world with no exception. And I'm talking from Shanghai, China, to Mount Fuji, Japan, Laguna Seca, um, Daytona, uh, Sebring's, um, Watkins Glen, Silverstone, England, Barcelona, Spain, Imola, Italy, Nürburgring, Germany, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Bahrain. Wow. And and we finally won at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And um, we have more race wins in that period of time than Ferrari, Lamborghini, and McLaren combined, all by privateer teams. That's That's fantastic. What was the engine in the racing car version where you it, had to do it, naturally it was, aspirated? It was, it was our own design engine. We, we um, um, cast our own aluminum block. It was our own. Based um, on like a 351. It, it, it was, um, yes. It was, but well, it was no, 27. It, yeah. It, uh, the name comes from the historically I've um, named our vehicles on engine size. So S7 stands for 7 liter, and that converts to American speak is 427 cubic inches. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So it was based, the Bohr centers are, were sim, similar to Ford because I didn't want to reinvent head gaskets is a lot of time consuming in water cooling. And so we kept it Bohr's cylinders on that, but we played on the way that the stroke and, and all the internals work. Mm-hmm. It was our own aluminum castings of the head that we were paying more attention, I think, in the NASCAR type of trim uh, aspect of it. Um, and it became a very small package that gave us a very good center of gravity on the car and uh, um, polar movement that we could have and uh, demonstrate the agility of the vehicle like it had never been done before. What was the horsepower in race trim? Because I know there's some limiting factors. Yeah, well, it was a lot of limiting factors. <laughs> Unfortunately, everything you had to – so you you build an engine and, and normally aspirated, you were in the, you know – mid to high 800s, but then you choked it down through the uh, requirements down yeah. to about 620 or 630 is what yeah. I think actually race trim would. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the S7 streetcar started off as normally aspirated, and then you guys did a couple of turbo? Yes. We, we, we designed, when we came out with it, we designed the vehicle to where 550 normally aspirated was king of the king of the road at that point in time. But I knew our friends over at Ferrari would not sit still. So when we designed the S7, we had the opportunity to add a turbo or two. And sure enough, about four four uh, years later, they came out with the Enzo Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And so then we added a couple turbos and boost the horsepower up to 750. And then um, – we then uh, had, at the end of its uh, initial run, we uh, got the horsepower to right at 1,000. Um, and then, Bill, you're talking about your, your new project here. Mm-hmm. That's only 1,400. Well, currently, our our uh, S7s that we've made a few on this deal are uh, uh, 1,500 horsepower. <laughs> Steve, um, my garage um, can't get any bigger. The, I have no more space. The, uh, Don't tempt me like, with a carrot, please. But, but, that, uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And that's what everyone should have is, you know, one of those for their street. So Absolutely. You mentioned the ones today that are 1,500. You you did – you're doing what? You're bringing back the S7 like a handful, like an anniversary car? Yes. We we announced uh, a couple years ago that we would do seven more in honoring our win of the uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans. So we've said we're doing seven more. We've delivered, I think, four. And so we have three more that we're in the process of, of doing that. And then how many S7s were built in total? We had a total on this would just be just under 100. 15 of them are race vehicles. The rest were all street cars split somewhat evenly between normally aspirated and twin turbo. Because they're really starting to move at, at the auctions. Like it seems like right now trading S7s uh, is is a big money proposition. The cars have really seemed to, to, to go up and every major auction seems to be – picking one up. I don't know if it's the same guy who just keeps moving around and around yeah, and around. Yeah, but, yeah, it must but, be changing the color of the car, yeah. I guess, is all, now, correct, all that I Correct can me say. if I'm wrong, but this and this might exclude me, but I can't fit in the S7, correct? No, that's, that's not true. Um, <laughs> what, the, um, <laughs> he we, wanted to not uh, fit in that car. We, we, um, the, the level of um, uh, performance is so great in the car is that we custom fit the seat for the individual. 
And the way that we would do it would be strictly like if you were getting in a, a Formula race car is that really? we would mold the seat around you. And there's really quite a bit of room the way that the pedals get adjusted. We have, I think, um, 18 inches of adjustment just on the pedal position uh, alone. So we could probably fit you in. I don't know actually how tall you are, though, Bill. It's, a, it's about width. Well, I'm torso, man. <laughs> I have a very short inseam, so uh, I, I'm 6'4". Oh, no, yeah, we, 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 can, we can do that. And, but uh, that's the, the, yeah, got the, the height is not the, the problem. Shoulder. It's, it's, it, well, <laughs> it, the shoulder. Um, well, it is a two-seater, but it's actually um, uh, 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 asymmetric seating that we actually have in it in the respect – that the driver's position is you're more in the center of the vehicle on this. So in your case, on a, I don't think you would have a problem. Your passenger might. I so, don't care about but, my passenger. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you, you probably would be okay. All right. I'm going to okay. ask you about Celine uh, S1 in a minute. But uh, let me uh, uh, touch on uh, Dodge one more time. Summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because Dodge Power Dollars means you get a guaranteed discount. You've heard us talk about it before. The math is simple. You get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle. And that applies to every 2020 Challenger, every 2020 Durango, every 2020 Charger. You get the most out of your horsepower this summer, which is a great deal. It works like this. $10 off for each horsepower. That means you can go in and pick up the new uh, Dodge Charger SRT Scat Pack. That has 485 horsepower. You get $4,850 off. And uh, as we said, this summer, Dodge Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango as well. So no matter where you the summer takes you, the Dodge Durango is here to make every trip this season a breeze. It's got the big seven-passenger seating. When that new Durango Hellcat's badass, I don't know if the, the I don't know if the discount applies to that. You're gonna have to find out. But uh, if you get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. So hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. All right, uh, we're gonna be running out of time, but I want to try to get in a few more questions if we can. So Celine S1, uh, Celine S1, I saw, I spoke to you. At LA Auto Show a couple of years ago, debuting this new car, and uh, you're like, "Hey, it's it's rear engine, rear mid. It's four cylinder. It's turbo. It's small. It's a sports car." And I'm like, uh, "What's going on here?" And you're like, "And it's a hundred grand, or somewhere around that." And I was like, "Well, I like I like what you're selling, Steve." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Are you making the street cars now? Are they hitting the road, or are you still doing the just the racing cars? Because I know you put together a spec series. You had about I don't know, maybe twenty or so cars, and two groups, about fifteen pros, maybe five or ten amateurs, and you you did a racing series for a while. Which again, always at the track with the cars. That's what I do love about the about you guys over at Celine. Uh, where are we with the S one? Are we getting that car? Is that car here? <laughs> it is. Um, actually, you've covered it pretty well. Is uh, <laughs> we are we are still in the um, certification aspect for the street version of of the vehicle, um, and that gets into a little bit because uh, I have uh, China was involved a little bit mm-hmm. with with this. But before we get to that, maybe the race series was actually very. We did our whole you. Un- own race series last year we ran a 
a number of races across the United States with, as you mentioned, pro and amateur, two different classes. Cars are identical. People just showed up with their helmet. We supplied actually the driving shoes and and uh, uh, driving suits, and uh, it ended up being a fantastic experience, and it certainly showcased the car. We were able through the winter here to um, – in December and in uh, first of this year in January, we competed with the S1 against all makes, against Porsche and mm-hmm. Aston Martin and BMW and, and uh, Lamborghini and and all of that. And the two events that we ran uh, in the winter series here in Southern California, we the car won both events. So wow. obviously it was a very competitive car. We didn't need to have our own racing series. We knew how fast the uh, the vehicle was, and then coronavirus hit, and we've kind of had to take a hiatus this year on racing, but yeah. hopefully next year we'll be back at it. Uh, okay, so hopefully we'll be getting that car soon. Like you said, when you're starting with a car from the ground up, you have all sorts of, of rules, anything from cr- crash testing and airbags and certifications and emissions and blah, blah, blah. We get all that. Um, as uh, we, We've got a few minutes left. Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about China. <laughs> uh, what a lot of you guys may have seen was uh, maybe not a lot of information about a partnership with you and a company in China to produce some vehicles. And what – I don't know. I kind of feel like like the news we got here in America was this was a way – for you guys to start something new and bring us the S1, right? They were able to do some manufacturing there, carbon fiber bodies or something along the lines of that. And it looked like this this partnership with the Chinese company was a way for us to get the S1. But as it turns out, as you and I discussed earlier, uh, this was way, way, way bigger than, than we could have imagined. You guys built in in an incredible amount of time uh you you built an entire automotive manufacturing facility in china on 800 acres of land with a capacity of 400 to 500 400 to 500,000 cars a year could have been developed you guys designed for the for the chinese market a ground up your own design Celine SUV, which we have not seen here, and you guys developed an electric car in partnership with another company. So they did exterior design. You did an electric like commuter car, like small, almost Mini Cooper, smart car-ish for that market as well, uh, and tons more. Like I'm just scratching the surface. There was a huge retail store. There was a museum. There was a restaurant. There was uh, like just an incredible operation. This is a multi-billion-dollar partnership that was going on over there. Uh, and then I don't know. Like, does it does it feel like America is simpatico with China right now? So, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Give us the story on that real quick. Well, you you you've covered it. As um, <laughs> we we've uh, you know. We did not broadcast a lot of it here in the U.S., um, but and then uh, lately, over since the coronavirus took place on this um, 
basically the Chinese have decided that they will nationalize the company. And what that means specifically, even though they were the minority shareholder in that, they control the government and the courts, and they just go in and they basically said, we will kick you out and, and um, uh, take over. Thank you. You've donated all of your <laughs> trademarks, your IP, your know-how has all been set. Your, your and time. Done. And Even time in the and retail energy store, you had a bunch of, of your personal and, stuff. You and, know, yeah, your it, trophies and photos. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, a, from a personal standpoint, <laughs> yeah. I know it's kind of petty on me, but, but you know, it has all my artifacts. Not and, petty and, at all. And, yeah. and uh, 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 stuff. And we put together, it's a major, it was a major uh, uh, facility. It was on 850 acres. Um, the cafeteria could feed 10,000 people at one time. So it was a major manufacturing yeah. Guys, this facility. wasn't a concept. I saw the plot of land where they, where they built the facility, and I saw the photos of the factory. Like, this happened in four years. Like, this massive, massive operation must have been exciting as it, it was going. And, and I, I designed one of my contributions. One of my main contributions was the IP and the design of a complete ground-up SUV mm-hmm. called the Celine SUV. And um, uh, we basically were ready to go in production. We had done the prototype vehicles. We had done all the testing. We were just waiting for the uh, certification process to complete. As you mentioned, the electric vehicles were actually started in mm-hmm. production uh, already. The S1 was really going to be built more here by ourselves in Corona. That was just sort of like an appetizer mm-hmm. to what we were really uh, de- developing. And uh, the government decided to take 100% control of, of, the, of the operation and basically take all of my contributions with the IP and everything that we had – um, put into it and said there was no value for it, zero, even though that they filed over 500 patents on my technology that was done. And so that obviously left quite a bitter taste in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so instead of going quietly into the night, we've kind of made some noise. And we've uh, fortunately, um, U.S. Congress has uh, is helping us here through the diplomatic relations, trying to resolve the situation. And well, that to- was going to be my question. Is this salvageable? There's been countless hours and years and billions of dollars invested. What 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 should what could happen, or what do you want to happen? Well, here? I th- I think at this point in time, it's it's still uh, with the help of Congress and the. Uh, the Department of Congress or uh, Commerce and uh, the uh, uh, Trade uh, Agency and the administration, the current administration on this is helping us to try to at least negotiate some kind of a appropriate settlement. What that could end up being is hard hard to say. We had licensed my name and my likeness, the trademarks, all the IP we had put in through a Delaware company. And that Delaware company then in turn uh, put into the capitalization of mm-hmm. the company over as a joint venture into China. And um, uh, well, so we'll see how how this gets in. Maybe, you know, have me back in another six months or so and maybe I can give you the, <laughs> the, the latest of yeah. the uh, – Pretty good news. 
Okay, well, I do want to be clear about this. Is as you were just explaining a little bit of the corporate structure, not to get too nerdy about it, but uh, you starting the new Delaware Corporation and then that's partnered with the Chinese companies was a way for you to protect your U.S. operations. So the Celine Automotive, uh, you know, the company you run here, all the Mustangs and the S1 and everything we've been talking about. Uh, of course, we don't have time, but upcoming Bronco as well. Yeah. Uh, that's all separate company. Correct. So, Correct. So, so it, it it the the good news is that China does not impact any aspect of what we're doing here in North America. Mm-hmm. We have a very bright future and everyone that comes out to it can see that we're doing it. But we had a for the China market we had a, actually a pretty big future as well and we'll see how that develops. I'm excited to see uh, a Celine Bronco. I saw some of the renderings. It looks pretty badass. And you guys got to be kicking around some ideas on a Celine all-electric Mach-E. Well, certainly electric is here to go. And Chris, I, you're fired. I, I, will, I will say that we, we had— Oh, he was waiting for the Mach-E drop. We, we had the—you um, know, but you might actually pay attention to maybe an all-electric supercar, too. All right. Well, there you so go. There you go. Oh, all electric supercar. Hmm. All right. Uh, all right. So, listen, we're out of time. Uh, I appreciate it. We're going to have to do this again. Um, always, always a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a little while since we had you in the studio, but I appreciate you uh, you coming in and doing this for us. Uh, just a reminder. So, coming up, uh, Adam Kroll and I are going to be in Tennessee at the ZCon event. We're going to be there Tuesday. Chris is going to be with us Tuesday. September 15th, we're going to be doing CarCast live at ZCon at 11 a.m., I believe, Eastern time, whatever the local time is out there. And then later that night, uh, we're going to be a part of the new Nissan Z car unveiling. They've got the one prototype. Everyone's excited to see it. We're going to see what the future is for Z car. We're going to be a part of that unveil. It's going to be... Um, uh, Basically, we're going to be emceeing the event here in the U.S. while they are broadcasting and showing the car from Japan. Uh, that's what you get when you have one prototype. <laughs> As Steve knows all too well, he's been down this road of unveiling cars and whatnot. So it's uh, going to be exciting to do that. So September 15th, uh, Chris, you're going to come out. We're going to get a podcast. We're going to talk to, I believe, uh, the uh, the gentleman who runs ZCon event. We're going to talk to some people from Nissan as well. And uh, and then we'll we'll come home and we'll bring some ZCar uh, information for you guys as well. So, uh Yes. What again? Want to thank you for having me on the show. It was great, a great conversation on this. And I'll put in a plug if you have any information or want to find any information, go to Celine dot com. Yes, it's of course. Easy to uh, to look us up, and we'll be traveling around the country at various car shows too. So have all of your listeners uh, feel free to stop by and talk cars. I'd love to do it. I'm looking forward to uh, the S1. I can't wait to get behind the wheel of one of those one day. It just it, it looks good. I love what you guys are doing with it. Um, I need to come back down to uh, Corona. I think I was down there when you were first opening up. So it's uh, it's been a minute for sure. Yeah, a lot has changed. So you should plan on coming. Steve, it was an honor and a privilege to have you on, and you need to hire a new security guard just to keep him out of your Corona shop. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Like, who's that guy who keeps driving up in his 
95 <laughs> Lightning snooping around, lightning. looking through the window. So we're like, we know it's him. It's the same guy, <laughs> same Lightning. All right, guys, thank you so much. And uh, until, uh, until next time, uh, keep the air and the spare in the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. Another uh, shout-out from our friends at GEICO. Right now, GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money GEICO could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? Go in and check this out. There's never been a better time now to switch to GEICO, and you'll save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Just visit GEICO.com to learn more.